Welcome to Misinformation, hosted by Rebecca Jones and produced by Big Mouth Media. This weekly podcast with Florida COVID whistleblower Rebecca Jones dives into the world of disinformation and how it's hurting America and democracy. Now, here she is, Misinformational. Hi, everyone. Hello, I'm Rebecca Jones, um, aka Misinformational, and I'm here with Dr. Cindy Banyai. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I have a new microphone, so I'm hoping that um, all of you can hear me a little better because I actually uh, did something I never do, and I listened to my own um, podcast in the car, and I was like, I need a better microphone. Cindy sounds so good, and mine doesn't. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I, uh, listen, I'm just usually using, like, a super cheap microphone, but sometimes it's also, like, you know, the uh, the tech uh atmosphere <laughs> background noise so but good hopefully it's gonna be great yeah the atmosphere atmosphere um so <laughs> when we had this um episode last week we were talking about the national um climate data center's projections for this hurricane season which you could go back and re-listen to it um essentially coming down to expect the unexpected and um, sure enough, the next day, we have our first named system of the season, Arlene. It decides to pop up in the northern Gulf of Mexico and do a bit of a loop and then head dead south. Uh, I did a short little video on TikTok about why that's unusual. It's only been documented once before in history. And I got flooded with comments from randos about harp and about chemtrails and weather modification and a whole bunch of very old school conspiracy theories so uh without harping huh too much on arlene <laughs> i thought we could go into some old school weather conspiracy theories because like the moon landing they are just the gift that keeps on giving especially as as you know a scientist who studies uh phenomena in our atmosphere so that's what we're going to talk about today does that sound fun cindy um i mean yeah i love just diving into all the insane things that people come up with. I, I think it's funny because I just didn't, um, I guess I didn't see that coming, right? Like I've heard of people talking about chemtrails and stuff like that, but I guess I just didn't realize what a magnet talking about a tropical storm would have been for that. So, And it, it was kind of strange too, because I didn't really go into the climate change reasons for this i mean it was a very short video i think it was like two minutes long just basically saying you know as somebody who is a paleo tempestologist which as we've mentioned is just a turched up word for studying hurricanes through paleo climate proxies throughout the holocene nothing you know too fancy and um i just mentioned that you know we had a storm in 1969 Lori, who did a similar move motion did a big loop in the Gulf, but moved westward south. And uh, this was only the second time in, you know, historical record keeping that that existed. And so I, I was kind of like, uh, it wasn't even necessarily tied to climate change. And this is what we see when we have this kind of hive mind almost of conspiracy theorists. 
And I've yeah. been watching, re-watching Stranger Things with my husband who's watching it for the first time. So I'm really into like the whole hive mind hypothesis. And uh, when you have a couple of kind of similarly overlapping topics that are of, you know, magnet for conspiracy theories. So anything involving weather and climate, they start to conflate them and mix them up together. Like you'll see people mix up chemtrails and harp even though they are completely different, you know, origin stories as conspiracy theories. And it's basically like mixing up the tundra with the tropics. They, they couldn't, you know, they had completely different systems you're talking about. HARP is uh, just an acronym for high frequency active oral, which is a very hard word for me to say with a Southern accent oral. God, I can't, I'm, I'm not even, <laughs> there's some words that when you grow up in Mississippi, you just ain't ever going to get, and oral is what, A-U-R-O-R-A-L, research program, so HARP, um, H-A-A-R-P for short, and it was a kind of a radio research project that looked in the ionosphere, which- okay. If you know anything about the atmosphere, there's layers, kind of like, you know, you have layers of the earth, you have the core, the mantle, the crust, the biosphere, the atmosphere has layers too. So we live in what is called the troposphere, which is the very bottom. And you've probably heard stratosphere, if nothing else, because you're a fan of Chicago. And that's right above us. And there are there's the exosphere, there's the thermosphere. The ionosphere is the boundary between space and our, our kind of atmosphere. And so this is, uh, there's some recent conversation about weather interactions and how those two layers can affect each other. But for a whole bunch of very technical reasons, I'm going to oversimplify this and probably get dogged for it. Most weather does not occur in the, in the ionosphere. Almost no weather occurs in the ionosphere. It's where we have our ionically charged atmosphere. So um, that is happening way, 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 way out there as okay. almost you know, into outer space. And chemtrails is a conspiracy theory that the actual and what they really are, are condensation trails, contrails, um, that you see behind a plane that results from the mm -hmm. amount of heat that's being generated from a you know engine flying in the sky are actually laced with chemical compounds. And this is where the conspiracy theory really starts to go crazy that are specifically designed as mind control chemicals that the government is dispersing across all of the world to brainwash us. So I was kind of surprised to see both of them showing up at the same time when we're talking about a hurricane, mostly because chemtrails would have nothing to do with hurricanes. Uh, but Hey, you <laughs> never know. Right? They don't have to make any sense. And uh, no, no, that, that's the point. It's like you just link it to anything and you're just like, oh, that's according to this, according to this and links to this. Okay. And it's just it's, you know, I just want to say right now because I'm listening to you. I've not I'm not super um, obviously into hurricanes <laughs> or chemtrails or harp. OK, but I will say I think what ends up happening with folks and why they can be so susceptible to these types of conspiracies is that these are complex systems. These are complex phenomena that we're discussing, everything from the tropical storm to, 
even how planes fly, frankly, even how the, 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 the atmosphere works. Right. And I think what happens is when people are not really, they don't know, they don't know all these nuances. They can take in a, an oversimplified conspiracy and roll with it because they don't have a base knowledge to understand why that can't work. So it's, it's a, I've felt like there's been this pushback, especially recently against complexity among other things. That's been my like theme of why we have all these crazy, these batshit crazy conspiracies is because people don't want to deal with complexity. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's that. And it's also, we, since the nineties and nineties is when the harp uh, program was actually founded in 1993. And so the 90s was also kind of this real expansion of anti-government uh, sentiment. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly something that over the last several years we've seen become more emboldened and more common. And it's kind of tied to that. It's a rooted in a deep distrust of government. Right. Saying that, you know, airplanes are dumping mind control chemicals is about as tinfoil hat as you get. It, it's pretty close to like staging the moon landing type crazy because it's ridiculous. Um, and hey, but there's flat earthers. They exist. So yeah, th those people have actually been making a comeback as well, which blows my mind. One guy actually tried to build a rocket in Texas, I think, to prove that the earth was flat and he blew himself up and died. So that was fun. Uh, yeah. So these, these conspiracy theories actually do very much ha cause harm. And some people will kill themselves to try to prove them. And that's, that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, so this started in the nineties and anytime you have science and space and government, you're going to get some crazy people, but uh, it's also this lack of trust of science as an institution. Yeah. So yeah. the idea, you know, with doing long range, or high frequency radio waves was, you know, for communications. Most of our satellites are like in the ionosphere. So there's a lot of legitimate purposes to study it the same way that there's a lot of legitimate purposes to study the deep ocean. Just because we start a program to, you know, explore the ocean doesn't mean that we're secretly down there trying to, I don't know, test the uh, hollow earth theory and unleash kaiju on the world you know like this is almost like that crazy yeah that sometimes it feels like that's what you're dealing with um and i'm laughing then, because the we're i'm here in southwest florida fort myers Korashan was a cult a turn of the century cult that believed in the hollow earth theory and they thought florida estero was the center of the universe and paradise and, you know, the Fountain of Youth and, you know, that, you know, we sent right. entire like ships out to find and how mo knows how many people were lost at sea trying to chase down this mythical, you know, cure for aging. But yeah, it, it, this is a modern day flat earth, you know, kind of craziness. And it's not that the idea of weather manipulation is inherently wrong. It's not. We manipulate the weather all the time because as we explained in our last episode, the entire theory of chaos and mathematics was developed in atmospheric science because the slightest of changes in a globally connected system can cause a cascade of changes that grow and accumulate 
and turn into something big. So of course, the classic example is a butterfly flaps and swings in Tokyo, you get rain instead of sunshine in New York City. So we can and do by existing, by driving our cars, by taking airplanes, modify our planet. Yeah. The ultimate irony about these people, and I kind of put maybe more of a smart ass video responding to this on TikTok, <laughs> that uh, people think was like perfectly rehearsed or something. I was like, no, I just am so used to dealing with this shit that I just kind of flew off the handle with it. They are acknowledging a fundamental fact here that human beings are capable of dramatically changing the global atmospheric system. In order to believe in something like harp causing hurricanes or even more radically controlling and steering them, you have to fundamentally believe that human beings possess the technology to dramatically and substantially modify the global atmospheric system. What is hilarious about these people, though, is that they will only ever comment on stories about climate change in that they believe climate change is a myth and, or right. a hoax because humans couldn't possibly modify the global climate system. And so it's one of those paradoxes that you kind of have to just sit there and be like, and that's pretty much what my, my smart ass video was. It was like, okay, so you don't believe that, you know, hundreds of years of industrialization of even predating that of large scale or agricultural changes in the, on the surface of the planet, which, which interacts with the atmosphere, particularly right. pulling from deep inside the ground a very carbon dense and rich material that is supposed to be locked down there for hundreds of millions of years, burning it and injecting it directly into the atmosphere has absolutely no impact on the global atmospheric system. Yet at the same time, you believe that a high frequency radio signal in the ionosphere made a hurricane do a loop and head south. Folks. Yeah, listen, no, this is... <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's because people... Okay, there's, there's a few things to address on this, aside from just, like, the sheer ridiculousness of it. It is complexity, and um, that people are kind of you know, they follow these trails, these stories and whatever that are created for various reasons, uh, both out of ignorance and for nefarious reasons. And I'm sure you're going to touch on that as well. But there's not like there is always a point where you get to with folks that believe this stuff where the logic doesn't add up and they just double down anyway, because it's a it's kind of like a cult feeling. So you can't really they're not interested in in learning often they've bought into this belief and that's that's one thing the second thing is is that really um and there is some data i think out of the university of miami on this is that the folks who believe the less education you have the more likelihood that you are to buy into conspiracy theories of this magnitude too because once you get into higher levels of education especially you know beyond a bachelor's degree once you get into your master's and your phd in a higher levels you actually start using higher level analytical skills and are able to 
essentially deduce, you know, what's true and what's not, or what's reasonably true and what's not, right? But if you are dealing with folks that, you know, have some college or less, they really just haven't had the exposure to to do that kind of of deep dive into anything. And it really leaves people vulnerable, unfortunately. I think we also have to be careful with that, though, because there are plenty of people and there's this kind of, um, you know, it's not a linear progression of education to susceptibility. You know, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a straight line from decreasing. It's kind of a curve. Um, just because a person does not possess a higher education does not mean that they're stupid. Of course, my, my parents didn't have the opportunity. My mom didn't even graduate high school. You know, she, you know, had to drop out and get her GED because somebody came along and, you know, well, whoops, whatever. Um, a little more complicated than that, but that's a short version. But um, you also see a something that happens with people with just bachelor's degrees. And so people with no education, um, no formal advanced education, I should say, so GED or high school diploma only, do tend to vote in certain ways uh, over others, uh, have you know lower income. I mean, the, a lot of this stuff is pretty well established the mm -hmm. higher educated you are but also a paradox the more likely you are to have a higher income except when you go from master's to phd the increase in, in income between high school and bachelor's is very significant between bachelor's right. and master masters is incredibly significant but between masters and phd there's not actually that big of an increase and salary and now that's because people go into academia and they don't pay very well and blah 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 or they go and then once you get a phd nobody else wants to hire you for anything yeah so we we do see those kinds of weird things within that data right we also know that the least educated and the poorest of minorities in this country vote on the issues almost identically to the most educated people in this country. So very, very poor black folks are most likely to vote the identical way on the same issues as your PhD academics. So it's not just a straight line. I mean, there is right. some caveat to it. And well, I mean, with I... I was saying specifically related to, it's not just voting, but related to susceptibility to conspiracy theories, because yes. that actually, I mean, there's, there's conspiracies right and left actually. And, um, that they, but that if you are, you know, and, and it really, that's why I said, you just don't have the experience sometimes as you're going into higher levels of education to deduce some of these things. And frankly, sometimes people are just like, they're attracted to something because it's confirmation bias as well. So yes, they're like, is. oh, I already have like this icky feeling about the government and this kind of thing I don't really like. And here's this theory that that supports what I already believe. Yeah. So. And again, when people are becoming more susceptible to the anti-government um, type of thing, like if they believe that the government secretly orchestrated a um, rigging of the 2020 election, then the idea that we're doing other things that are nefarious or that if you believe COVID was <laughs> either a strategically released biological weapon and or hoax at the same time, uh, which is another one of those paradoxes, then you're more likely to believe that, yeah, we could do things like mind control and control the weather. But um, and some of this goes back to Trump. I, I, I got to give Trump some blame. He, he had a particularly egregious 
response to some hurricanes um, that were posing a major threat to Florida while I was working with the, that specific storm response. Yeah, they, there is the very famous, you know, he, he drew a Sharpie over the National Weather Center's projection map to make the storm go somewhere it wasn't going to go. And then I think it was the uh, Tuscaloosa National Weather Service issued a statement saying like, no, it's not coming here. We're getting calls. It's, it's, it's not a risk here at all. Then somebody got fired for that. And it was a whole thing. But it wasn't that specifically that kind of reinvigorated some of this stuff. It was his comments about bombs. And I don't know if you if people remember this, but Donald Trump actually proposed, I believe it was Dorian uh, in 20, no. that would have been 19, because that was my first yeah. storm as the lead for my department, that we could set off some nuclear bombs in the storm and break it up. So <laughs> that was terrifying <laughs> for people like me who study hurricanes, because I was like, oh, my God. He wants to throw nukes into a hurricane. First of all, you don't, you don't want to nuke anything on this planet. Dropping any kind of nuclear weapon, first of all, the two times we did it were a, a, a disgusting and, in my opinion, horrible stain on the human race that we'll never be able to undo or erase. Um, an unthinkable crime against humanity, but that's my personal feeling about nuclear weapons. But to just drop some in and, you know, into a storm and see what happens in the, you know, I just... Guys, that's insane. I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to shit talk yeah. Trump while I have this temporary allegiance to help them take down DeSantis, but that's just stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It was stupid. And dangerous. And it yeah. gave credence to this idea that that was a thing that was possible. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not exactly sure what dropping a nuclear bomb in the middle of a hurricane would do you are talking about an, a massive detonation of heat but the amount of heat energy that's inside of a hurricane is so many hundreds of times greater than a single nuclear weapon that i i don't know hell you might you might make a little cloud go poof and then it, it, it'll just the thing about it a system like this is when a butterfly flapping its wings changes the weather 10,000 or five, sorry, but there are not 10,000, um, a thousand miles away is that introducing in a new variable into a massive high energy system that we've never done before could cause all sorts of things that we don't anticipate. It could do essentially nothing to the storm structure itself. We don't know. Um, or it could do something that's really bad and makes everything worse and it wasn't just trump there were in the beijing olympics back in 2008 is that right is that the year they did that the chinese government experimented with cloud seeding before the games so they were having some a lot of monsoons and from a scientific standpoint the idea was if they started cloud seeding 1500 miles west of beijing then the rain would drop from the atmosphere before it ever gets there. And then you'd have clear skies in Beijing. Now, if you know anything about how that went, it did not work. Not only did it not work, it made things worse. It was, it was a massive downpour during the Olympics. It flooded everything out. 
because you cannot control things in a system that is that complex, that has that many, not just unknown variables, but uncontrollable variables. It, it's not right. just like you push a domino and everything's going to fall. You happen to be right. pushing a domino that goes off into a million different directions and then an anvil lands on your head. You know, it's not able to be controlled any more than we can control the tectonic plates on the planet. You know, we can't right. just say, let's cause an earthquake, you know, in San Andreas and on the along San Andreas fault in a controlled manner so that, you know, when it slips, it doesn't destroy all of the Western coast of California. Right. Um, you could try, you might fuck something up. You're probably more likely than anything to fuck something up. Yeah, for sure. That, that it does anything. And that's because these are massive systems that, for in the case of tectonics, operate on millions and millions of years of time scale. They have so much energy, you know, not just their active heat energy like in a hurricane, but stored energy, tension energy. That's what causes a, a major earthquake. It's not the plates are always scraping up side to side with each other. That's what's happening in San Andreas. And when it does slip, that is what causes, it's the release of that energy that's been building up from the tension that actually causes what we call uh, P, S, and love waves, uh, which cause earthquakes and tsunamis, which are different wavelengths of energy that, guess what? We can't stop and we can't control. Right. So yeah, it, it's to believe that we are capable of controlling a hurricane using radar, or I'm sorry, radio frequencies, yet all of the other things we've done have not had any impact on global environmental systems is, is really kind of, I think, illustrative of how, and the words I'm looking for are not kind, um, stupid some of this is, and how well, some of it is. Right. A lot of these conspiracy theories serve a purpose, you know, like if you want to start a conspiracy theory like DeSantis did, that all of the medical establishment, all of the media, all of the scientists, all of the, the public health people are conspiring to make his COVID response look bad when it was really so great. That serves the purpose of him trying to lie and tell people and get away with it that he did well in COVID when he didn't. Mm -hmm. Telling people that we are controlling the weather to steer hurricanes to attack people or not attack people or whatever not just from you know the standpoint of the great science fiction material that that develops only purpose could be to be distrust the government and sure. as a general sentiment what are you going to do go blow up noaa and the national weather service because the people want that stuff they want to know if there's a storm coming they want to know if there's a tornado down the road or a hurricane is coming or what it's doing they just apparently think that they're secretly manipulating it it's insane so yes. when we normally look at these conspiracy theories you like who stands to gain what do they stand to gain and why are they doing it and like i'm seeing with a lot of these kind of russian fueled conspiracy theories the only real purpose here is to create craziness in the united states among the populace and confusion benefits adversaries Yes. I mean, I well, that's what I was going to ask if we if you had looked into um, where some of these, you know, different conspiracy theories are being, you know, developed and pushed. Right. Because some of them I know in the past there had been, you know, I think some of the flat earther groups and things like this, these Facebook groups had been constructed 
by you know those those eastern european troll farm type of places I, it was popular too during QAnon. they had gotten some of those groups up and running so and i know that there's a ton of overlap between these folks so i don't know if you've seen that in these circumstances with um harp and what the heck else were we talking about chemtrails <laughs> yeah well chemtrails is a, is a mind control thing which is kind of like fluoride and water I was going to say that one goes back to like the 60s. It 50s does, but it also had its its heyday in the 90s as well. That became another thing that people started to, you know, talk about. But there I think there was a, another thing that was going on that was part of the reason of this distrust with government, especially when it came to global climate. In the 90s, you know, we were looking forward to like the Kyoto Protocol. We were trying to build a global climate consensus. There was a lot of activism about um, deforestation of the rainforest that uh -huh. was making people more environmentally conscious. Uh -huh. So from that regard, that was a strategic thing that if you were an oil or gas tycoon, you would want people to think, no, 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 it's, it's not us. You know, it's the government that's controlling, you know, all of these things. It's, it Don't trust the government when they're talking about climate change or weather because they're secretly doing all this stuff. Now, I know there was some stuff that was traced back to people like Stephen, uh, what's his last name? Dozier, the activist from Brazil who was arrested. Um, hang hmm. on. I'm going to look that up because he was very recently in the press. He's a good friend of my friend, Josh Fox. Dozier, mm. is that how you say his last name? I feel like I'm not. I don't know if I'm familiar with him. Um, I'm not up on my chemtrail guys. Well, no, he's a good guy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, this, this one guy's a good guy. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to misname him. Um, but he was involved with deforestation and kind of activism and stuff okay. like that. So they, they do attack people like that all the time. Somebody burned down, uh, <laughs> tried to burn down Josh Fox's house when he released Gasland back in 2010, I want to say, which, of course, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director for Documentary for that. And it mm -hmm. made fracking a, has a household word. And mm -hmm. so that was a big deal because, you know, a lot of these fossil fuel companies were trying to pitch natural gas as this bridge fuel. Oh, it's not as dirty as far as carbon goes as, you know, coal. So we're going to just crack it out of the earth's crust as much as we can. And we'll use that instead. And it was mm. cheap and widely available. They weren't even using it efficiently. And so when he released his movie... They actually released a whole propaganda movie about Gasland. They created a website against him. They stalked him. They harassed him. They tried to burn down his house. They do this shit. And so in the 90s, it makes sense on the backdrop of, you know, global environmentalism finally taking off. And this would have been on the heels of the uh, Montreal Protocol in 1989, huh. I think. Let me check that. Is that the one that created the IPCC? No, um, that was the ozone. Um, uh, did Kyoto I get, uh, Protocol was 97. Was okay, 87. Oh, wait, it was one effective in 1989. So we discovered there was a huge hole in our ozone, oh, yeah. stratospheric ozone, which basically ozone in the stratosphere serves as um, it reflects radiation back into space. And this massive hole was being caused by these things called chlorofluorocarbons. 
that were made per, with a few different production things. It was not a natural chemical or compound. It does not exist in the natural world. Refrigerators, aerosols, things like that. Um, it was a byproduct of that manufacturing and those chemicals. The byproduct of big hair in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Um, but uh, so we got the entire world together and um, we all agreed we're going to stop making this stuff. We don't need to make it. There are other ways to do it. I mean, of course, Big Fridge didn't like it, but uh, we still all agreed no more. We have to either phase this out dramatically very quickly or stop using it altogether. And we did that. We agreed to it. And lo and behold, we have massively repaired the ozone hole by giving stop putting that stuff that basically goes into the ozone and it breaks the molecules apart, making it oxygen and monoxide. So we stopped it and we fixed it mostly. And so that was a huge success. Anytime anyone says, oh, we'll never get the whole world to agree to stop doing this one thing that's dramatically and dangerously altering the global you know, atmosphere, we have, and we did it right. And so we have that coming out of the late 80s, the massive environmental movement that's starting in the early 90s for the Amazon rainforest, which I still remember the commercials on like Nickelodeon when I was a kid. And all of these, this momentum moving towards anti-fossil fuels. And so right. then you start getting conspiracy theories about HARP, which happened to launch also in the early 90s. The fluoride in the water thing starts to come back up. And it all goes back to this root idea that the government is doing things to the environment to control you. And you can't trust them about anything they say about the climate otherwise, because they're really the manipulators. And so, right. yeah, uh, that's that's tandem with that. Now, now, I think this is just kind of, like I said, hive mind. We have one conspiracy, so you have them all. And people think that we're just out there plugging coordinates into a high-frequency radio to drive hurricanes, which would be really cool. Um, I would love to be on that team. If there is a secret CIA weather science team that's uh, telling hurricanes where to go, sign me up. But uh, I, have, I have some great plans and ideas and where we should hammer those things. And I think there was a movie with Gerard Butler along the lines of, of this. Uh, Greenland. I think it was called something like that when weather manipulation via satellites that goes haywire because the vice president manipulates and weaponizes it so that he can, you know, destroy places so that he can win presidency, which is probably the most likely uh, situation that would happen, but it doesn't exist yet. And uh, all of our attempts to even do basic things like ingesting or sorry, injecting things like soot or um, particles to cause rain typically blow up in our face and these systems can affect the whole planet. And we're seeing that in very clear color right now across the entire Eastern seaboard, which if you have not been paying attention, there was or is a massive wildfire in Canada that is being carried across the atmosphere and it's causing refraction of light all over the Eastern coast, unsafe, air quality because it's soot, uh, it's ash in the air, uh, which I think causes that very beautiful color, orange. Everybody else is like, how could you say it's beautiful? I was like, um, I'm sorry. I once saw the sky turn completely black in the middle of the day during a tornado in Baton Rouge. And while I almost shit my pants, it was beautiful to see. So a thing can be beautiful and horrible at the same time. It I looks like a hellscape apocalyptic movie. Yeah, like I have probably PTSD from Katrina, but when I look at the satellite image as a, not just a scientist, but like as a nerd, and I see how perfectly 
structured the storm was, it's beautiful to me. And so that that is not a problem that's going away anytime. And of course, I'm moving up there in a few weeks. So I'm hoping that that doesn't all fall as acid rain in the near future. Ah. Acid rain so nice. Acid rain was also a huge issue back in the, uh, the 80s and 90s. Uh-huh. You know, that was all, another byproduct of manufacturing. So a lot of the particulate matter, which is solids that are expelled into the atmosphere, bond with water and condensation, fall back down. And because of their corrosive properties, acid rain. We actually lost a lot of old growth force in the Adirondacks because of that stuff. So another thing that was happening in the 90s, it's all crazy. It's all crazy. And of course, I'm going up there like in three weeks. Well, and then so so let me let me like roll back on this too, because yes, there was this this period of time where global warming, climate change was not controversial. There was international cooperation on it. Um, I like to tell my students, remind my students that it was under Reagan and the participation of the United States in the United Nations, that the IPCC was created, and there was not any controversy. And actually, as you move outside of the United States, global warming and climate change and all of these other environmental issues are not controversial. It only comes back to U.S.-based industries that are, you know, related to energy creation for the most part, that play these outsized roles in the global community on these particulate matters that are going into the air that cause both problems, just respiratory health, all this other kind of stuff, and global warming issues. And the refrigeration industry, it's funny that you said that too, because they are one of the biggest contributors as well, continuing to this day in terms of their output of uh, particulates that contribute to global warming and climate change. So maybe it sounds like they maybe uh, didn't do such a great job when they switched from the CFCs to something else. But oh, they, this one, what are you going to do about big fridge? Tell people not fridge. to have a burger. So, I mean, you know, I know, well, you know everybody talks about big everything else, big coal, big pharma. You know, it's like, what about big fridge? You start yeah, but big, big fridge. fridge. I mean, what we don't realize, and this is why we research like uh, the Hawking's book, uh, Drawdown, talks about, you know, there's other things that we are connected to, the food industry and that processing is refrigeration, right? So we're sending foods across long distances, those refrigeration plants and the transportation make a contribution, right? So eating local, blah, blah, blah. But it, it does roll back to the realization that these companies made that, hey, if we're going to comply and play ball with these various environmental components that it's going to cost us money. And so they started pushback or greenwashing campaigns that make it look like they're doing something right. So BP, you know, became all environmental after the spill in the Gulf, right? And all sorts of green technology, blah, blah, blah. And they say, they say that they're doing it to, to, you know, help the environment and corporate social responsibility, but ultimately it comes down to, they 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 want to look good rather than do good and uh you know then the money to the politicians comes in as well but i i just um i feel very saddened to have watched throughout my lifetime what had been a social consensus on taking care of the environment on taking care of our planet devolve into this conspiracy laden uh anti-government tropes that will ultimately end up hurting us, all the regular people who are repeating them. So, 
Yep. And, you know, it's now that Donald Trump borrowing from, you know, previous decades uh, conspiracies and apparently thinks our economy is still in like the 1960s or 70s, it's, it's not a surprise that a lot of these things come back up. And uh, I, I feel like we've revisited that period of time, especially the mid-90s, a lot in popular culture recently. And Trump, again, um, by having his first official campaign event in Waco on the anniversary of uh, the start of the incident there from 1990, I think it was three. Yeah, again, then the Oklahoma City bombing, I think, was 95. Two huge uh, events in the 90s that really mobilized a very disorganized network at that time of anti-government extremist terrorists because yep. you know they blew shit up and killed people and yep. created a rallying cry especially waco for anti-government sentiment so this was all happening at once and we're yep. seeing that happen again especially with a guy who wants to run the government saying that the entire government is corrupt and targeting him and it's gonna be fun it's going to be fun. One thing that I wanted to loop back to just a little bit, and I can't remember if we had talked about it previously or if it was other things that I had come across, but how X-Files through the 90s played into this, right? X-Files as a show talking about government conspiracies and how these like two rogue FBI agents like got, you know, were fighting back against the ufo conspiracies and stuff like that but that how that was almost like a a harbinger of where we are on the anti-government you know the the not trusting the government front yeah so i was still a child i do know about x-files and do you know like Mulder and scully yeah that, those are the names and I, I always thought it was aliens um Yes, aliens. But I mean, they even did like JFK conspiracy stuff oh, and I blah, blah, blah. The only association I had was I saw, I think, one of the movies they made and it had to do with aliens. And, and Mulder apparently this whole time believed the aliens were like probing people. And then there was a spaceship. That That is my extent of knowledge of X-Files. But I don't know how symptomatic that could be because then the kind of millennial uh, equivalent to that would be that show Fringe, which was, I always thought, a poetic kind of reimagination of the X-Files in which they deal with these weird science fiction phenomena. I only got through like the first season of it, to be honest. Um, but seemed to be very much in the vein of X-Files. I don't, that part I can't speak of. As far as things that happened and how they played out in politics, sure, but pop culture, oh, I'm, I'm Now pretty... I'm feeling like super old. So it definitely wasn't a conversation <laughs> we had. But like, it actually, supposedly it was like, you know, it, it, people are looking at things saying, look, this it does kind of like loop back to the 90s to these things that you're talking about because that show was popular. And of course, it at did. the time- It started in 1993. So yeah, that was about the same time, and I was four. So yeah, uh... so, <laughs> okay, it's going into high school. So they, um, but yeah, that so that show was like, and of course at the time there wasn't internet, so like everybody was watching air television shows, right? So there was still this more like consolidated entertainment system. So a lot of people it was very popular, and apparently it led to a huge uptick in women applying and being accepted into the FBI. So I mean that was cool but also it was very reflective of the early stages of this government distrust component right we had went through 
and and related honestly back to the Cold War. So like during the Cold War, we were had to be together. It was like we are fighting against Russia, fighting against the Soviets, you know, yay America. And like you really weren't allowed to, so to speak, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of social space, so to say, that uh, to push back against the government. We did a little bit, but it was like if you didn't want to be seen as anti-American during the Cold War era, right? Cold War ends, the you know, the Russian and the Soviet the state masquerade of patriotism has always been used to incite uh anti-government fervor, which is, you know, again, one of these cases where you can't question the government or you're gonna get, you know, locked away or blacklisted from Hollywood, you know, like we had in the 1950s or, but at the same time, you're expected to, for the bodies that tell you so, to worship everything they say is truth. And so it's, um, it's all kinds of pretzels that are just fun to twist around your mind. And it's no wonder some of these people just eventually snap and do things like Timothy McVeigh. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And that's what it was. So yeah, the end of the Cold War. And then so it was like all these things were coming, the JFK shooting conspiracy. And was that CIA? I mean, a ton of stuff. Like, and then let's talk about that too. There was a ton of stuff that came out that the CIA had been doing. um, And the FBI was involved in, you know, like coups in Central America. That was stuff that people didn't know about until after the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there was all these- The JFK movie came out in the early 90s too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, man, the did. 90s was a time rife for conspiracy. Well, it was the beginning of the conspiracy because it was like the time where people were allowed socially to to start to entertain these things publicly. And so I think what we're seeing is that continuation of people, you know, but people didn't know what to believe because everybody kind of had to believe <laughs> before, you know, during the Cold War. And then now there's there's so many things because the truth of the matter is the united states didn't always seem like the good guy in international politics and otherwise they did a lot of things that were questionable to folks and they did it you know because of the cold war because of national security or whatever and that did not sit well with people and the more that people found out about that the the more questions there were right and unfortunately i don't know how (laughs) trust has been eroding since then let's put it that way (laughs) demonstrably trust has been eroding since then as people found out about these things oh what do you mean we had you know we were controlling dictators in south america like that's not doesn't seem like something the united states should be involved in what else is our government doing that we don't know and so because of that question it left open this possibility for things that were even more unbelievable and far-fetched to happen and then you know in more well i guess modern times is still a long time ago but then you have the the other leaks that come out like your edward snowden and your chelsea manning information that really showed quite plainly the ways that the american government and the military was manipulating people or taking advantage of corporations if you think about that um, from the Chelsea Manning information and harvesting our information against us. And so I think we're in a, an unfortunately a, a very low point when it comes to trusting the government and that's feeding into these conspiracies. Yep. 
She's just like, yeah. Yep. Sorry, now I got distracted with something else. Um, no, I was trying to look up something about. I just said some really amazing things, Rebecca. I, I, well, I heard it, and everybody else is going oh, to hear it. So, one other thing to loop back in, just in case folks were talking about, I definitely recommend looking into the research. It's Joseph Usinski, is the professor out of the University of Miami that studies conspiracies. He's got some really interesting takes on it, and some of the things that make people more susceptible to believe conspiracies. And he's got a, a really interesting body of work if you're interested in following up on that. Yusinski, it's like U-C-I-N-S-K-I. If you go like Miami, Miami conspiracy professor, you'll find him. <laughs> and and you know what? We have to, I think, before we go on this topic, point out that these movements do find the few nut jobs that have degrees or have a tenured position with faculty who parrot these kinds of what they would call as unorthodox, but is really considered um, fringe and extremist views. And they will hold these people up as their sole like authority on this issue and promote them everywhere they go. And these people make a lot of freaking money by going to speak at these conspiracy like theory gatherings that they have, you know, where they got to refresh the, you know, the tinfoil hat every few years. I'm sure it gets a little tight. But um, they do find those people. It, there's probably one of the best examples is right here in Florida. Uh, the Surgeon General of the state of Florida, who was caught uh, just a few months ago fabricating mm -hmm. data to support a policy by the state to advise to be the only state in the country to advise against vaccines for young people. They were caught fabricating the data and changing it so that it would support their position when in reality the data did not. This right. guy was um, a professor at UCLA, or not a professor, he was a, a researcher, a resident at, at UCLA, I believe, or Stanford, one or the other, um, out in California. When he applied for the job as Surgeon General, his own university actually recommended against hiring him because he was problematic, because his views were so anti-science, because he had, I mean, and why, how this person got tenure in the first place and why they were, they had to keep him. That's a whole academic bureaucratic issue. But DeSantis found one of the craziest whack jobs from a reputable school who was considered the furthest out there person at that university and hired him to the role of Surgeon General. Now, normally these people just stay in their academic bubble and they'll be promoted by these other people. And you'll see somebody be like, you need to look at Dr. So-and-so on YouTube. He explains how Harp is secretly sending radio waves to make me spend money on Amazon or some shit like that. And um, here's why I got a gambling problem. I feel bad for those people. I really do. But they've been suckered. And um, I'm not angry at them for believing it. I'm angry at the people who perpetuate the lie that right. hurt these people and um normally they don't get put to the head of state agencies in florida they do and so i mean i think he's the worst of all of them right now i don't want to like well i don't know the education guy's pretty extreme too he's like a proud boys dude and um Fun. yeah so florida i guess is the breeding ground for autocrats and conspiracy theorists i mean we do house three yeah. three tyrannical autocrats in the state of florida because bolsonaro apparently is still hanging out in like somewhere in the orlando area and we got trump cool. and we got DeSantis. so you know that's all sorts of fun but yeah they they normally stay in that bubble 
academia, I believe, has a responsibility here as the stewards of research and of integrity to do more to um, compensate for some of the damage they cause by promoting these people, by giving them tenure. And um, there, he's not the only example. There's Jared Diamond, who's also at Stanford, I believe, and uh, promotes a lot of very racist, environmental deterministic ideas. He wrote this book, Guns, Germs, and Steel, which yeah. was very, very popular, which everybody in the field was like, this is the worst piece of racist shit I've read since Ratzel the Racist in the turn of the century. And How about um, the Belker? Don't forget about that. Yeah, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Another piece so, of the nineties. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, and so academia sometimes some of these people slip through the cracks, and uh, they will be put up as like this person who's secret. Who they're the only one who knows the truth, you know. And you have to watch their YouTube videos, you know, because they're so censored. Yet they have a YouTube channel with sponsorships, and they tour the country talking about it. So you know, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not normally yeah. lost for words. It's very frustrating. And I've been in the realm of climate conspiracies my entire academic career because that's what I studied. And, you know, Michael Mann and I are close and, and I've seen some of the things they've done to him publicly, the way they've gone after him. And uh, they absolutely will target individuals. They'll lead entire campaigns yeah. against individuals. Mike's been hacked. You know, he's been harassed. He's been doxxed. Um, he has the power of an institution around him to protect him. So it's, it's a bit different than your average person, but, um, that is the part now within this kind of conspiracy stuff where they will hound the people who combat, you know, these conspiracy theories to the point where right. he wants to talk about it anymore. And, uh, that's where we delve into the rest of our research and probably a good place to leave. Right. For the so I was going to say the summation is. Chemtrails are bullshit. <laughs> ARP is bullshit. And so if you're if you're putting that stuff out there, maybe have a second look at your sources and maybe do some self-analysis as to what is it that makes you susceptible to conspiracy theories, because that's probably not the only ones you believe. Um, but climate change is real. Um, hurricanes are real, but they are science. And when we're predicting things, that are in complex systems, it is extremely difficult to predict. But just because it's difficult to predict doesn't mean that there are space lasers controlling it or whatever these folks believe, right? Yeah. And as I uh, wrote this, um, a piece from Vanity Fair was just released about how the New York Times and the Washington Post and Politico refused to publish a seemingly bombshell report about UFOs. So next week, <laughs> maybe we will get my buddy Tim Burchett on the line. Oh my God. Uh, who's the congressman from Tennessee who made Matt Gates go poopy in his pants during the House Speaker debacle and loves UFOs and I'm sure is all over this Vanity Fair piece. And I'm going to be too. So we will have that to look forward to next week. And uh, as always, thank you guys. Subscribe, like, share, all that fun stuff. And we'll make sure that we keep breaking down the crazy, crazy, crazy disinformation that you read online and we have to deal with every day. That's right. Check out all that we have to offer at Big Mouth Media at BigMouthMediaFL.com. And we will see you next time. I've been your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banier, along with Rebecca Jones, Miss Informational. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. 
Thanks for joining this informational with Rebecca Jones, brought to you by Big Mouth Media. Stay connected by visiting misinformational.com and check out all the great shows and articles on bigmouthmediafl.com. You can also join the conversation with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the cesspool that's Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to Misinformational wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.